In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So I hope that all of you one day have the opportunity to take a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. Now I know that since I have written this sermon, we especially hold Israel in our prayers, but notwithstanding, I was blessed with the opportunity to pilgrimage to the Holy Land while I was in seminary. There were many opportunities to pray at the places we read about so often in sacred scripture. In Bethlehem, where Christ was born, at the Jordan River, where he was baptized, on the Sea of Galilee, where he called the apostles, and of course, in Jerusalem, where our Lord suffered, died, was resurrected, and, as we are concerned about today, ascended into heaven. Now, the place where he ascended sits atop the Mount of Olives, just up the Kidron Valley, across from the Temple Mount. It's, that's the spot where we hold in our tradition that our Lord ascended into heaven after appearing to the remaining 11 apostles one last time, as, we, as is recounted in our gospel today. Within the edicule, or the small structure that remains there, commemorating the site of the ascension, oddly enough, there is a slab of stone which looks like it has a footprint embedded in it, the footprint from which Jesus ascended into heaven. Now, certainly, this is a bit of a strange image to behold, just a footprint as Christ's last vestige before, before being seated at the right hand of the Father. But I think it is worthwhile to reflect on that empty impression. I think that there is a temptation to look at the whole world, similarly to this one footprint, as devoid of Christ, to think that he came and now he is gone. He ascended and just left that empty footprint. We are then tempted to live our lives as if Christ is not present. I think that temptation, of course, takes a number of forms, but most perniciously to put personal pleasure, gain, and the utility in the place of Christ, or perhaps just to replace him with nothing at all. The consequences of the former, that is replacing Christ with pleasure, pain, or gain, and utility, um, play out in real time in our culture today. And um, in a culture that would place someone's circumstances, even life itself, below someone's personal freedom. And sometimes even the church is attacked because we desire that someone be holy and attain heaven rather than have worldly pleasure and happiness. Now the consequences of the latter, that is, ha- uh, replacing Christ with no- nothing at all, are much more drastic and I think played out uh, worst of all in socialism and communism that were so rampant in the 20th century and under which millions lost their lives. And the church has again and again repeatedly condemned such ideologies and continues to do so today as these heresies rise again in popularity. Now, I think, in fact, I know and I hope that I'm preaching a bit to the choir here. However, Even though we are all striving to let Christ be present in our lives, the culture can seep in in ways that we might not immediately recognize. And could be a certain avarice or greed, it could be lack of charity or just any other worldliness rather than focusing on the things of heaven. And so I think it is certainly prudent to be on guard and is necessary to continue to strive for holiness. But then we could also look on the other side, rather than only being on the defensive, but a bit on the offensive, and recognizing that we have been given such a great gift 
in our faith. We can look to the world and we can see the consequences of living as if Christ is absent, but we know that though the footprint is empty, Christ is still present to us at each and every moment. First, and maybe foremost, sacramentally, in all the sacraments, but most of all here and at every Mass, Christ is present body, blood, soul, and divinity. And more than that, he offers himself to us in the Eucharist and communion. He affords each of us the possibility of receiving the bread of life that we might hunger no longer and live with him forever in heaven. So perhaps the question we can reflect on today is do we treat others with the charity that is becoming of people that are worthy to receive the body of Christ? Do we treat others as if Christ dwells in them, if not spiritually through their baptism, physically in the Eucharist? Now, love, of course, takes many forms. I think parents know most especially that sometimes love needs to be tough. It always needs to be truthful. But charity nonetheless. In a certain sense, we're all like in the, the apostles in our gospel today. Christ comes to us in so many ways. Sometimes he also comes to upbraid us a little bit for our incredulity and our hardness of heart. In short, our lack of faith in his presence here with us. He then calls us to go out into the world to preach that gospel and to make Christ present everywhere, even if it is only in a small way, in our families, in our workplace, in whatever it may be. So today we commemorate Christ's ascension, but in doing so we remember how present he still is. So let us preach nothing but Christ alone, and in our lives let our works confirm that word we preach. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.